0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Access Blockbusters pod. It is episode 18. Welcome back to another episode. It is so good to have you guys here, have you guys on the Access Blockbusters YouTube channel or on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you decide to listen to the Access Blockbusters pod. Welcome, one and all. It is great to have you here. As always, the Access Blockbusters pod is sponsored by the subscribe button and the like button. I know it's crazy, but if you wouldn't mind, just uh, hitting subscribe and giving the video a like on YouTube, um, and also writing some reviews on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy. That would just be greatly, that would be greatly appreciated, very much appreciated. Um, Again, just, you know, this is my chance to sit down once a week and spend an hour just talking about what happened in the past week with movies and TV shows and all the good stuff, you know? Um, So yeah that's what's going on this week and without further ado we have a lot to get to actually today is going to be pretty exciting i mean it's it's going to be miss marvel it's going to be umbrella academy and it's going to be thor and that's that's it i mean but it's, it's a lot to talk about um so yeah i'm really excited about it and let's let's just get into it shall we and before we Dive into those reviews. I just I wanted to I don't know maybe do a little bit of a, a review roundup or a, not a review roundup but a news roundup of last week. The, these little things that you know are announced here and there um, that won't be part of the actual uh, like main segments of the podcast but things that I just wanted to touch upon. First of all, I did want to say that Comic Con is coming up. Comic Con is indeed coming up. It is in just over a week, and uh, yeah. I think that we will be getting a lot of announcements from Mr. Feige himself about the future of the MCU and in Phase 5. Uh, whether or not that's an entire roadmap, which I desperately hope it is. I desperately, desperately hope we're getting a roadmap, and we'll talk about that more later with Thor 11 Thunder, but uh, regardless, I think that... Um, It'll be exciting, nonetheless. I think we will probably get our first trailer of Black Panther Wakanda forever. We will probably get a What If? season two trailer. Um, We will probably get another She-Hulk trailer Um, and who knows, maybe the Halloween special trailer, if anything, Um, and yeah. So uh, guys, I think what I'll be doing is just like I did with the Disney investors day, was it Uh, a couple years ago, 2020, uh, where they just dropped all the announcements on us Things like Fantastic Four, things like Ahsoka, things like um, Ant-Man and, and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, still one of the best performing videos I've ever had on this channel, over ten thousand views. Um, and you guys seem to enjoy that content, and, and at the very least, it brings a lot of new people into the Access Blockbusters community, Access Blockbusters crew. Um, when I do that, so I think uh, if I'm if I'm able to uh, look out on the channel, keep your eyes peeled. Um, and I'll be doing my best to upload videos and give breaking news and uh, and highlights and things like that for those of you who can't attend Comic-Con or who, who don't want to, you know, watch a live blog, which I will happily do for you. Uh, be sure to stay tuned on the channel and I will probably be reporting on all the major announcements that are going on uh, during San Diego Comic-Con, at least for the MCU. I don't know about this stuff. Uh, maybe DC as well. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if they announce anything important. Uh, yeah, so with that out of the way... Uh, let me just quickly go through the news for the past week and see if there's anything worth talking about just ever so briefly before we get into our three main reviews. Um, so, let's take a look here. I'm just going through a list of things that I have. Um, I mean, really, there's there's not a ton of things to look at. Um, I do want to mention that sadly James Khan passed away um, this past week. It's, you know, for me, um it's not the Godfather really or it's not misery that I think about when I think about James Con. it's really elf, and elf is uh really just one of my favorite movies of all time you know it is it's a beautiful movie, it's a funny movie, heartwarming it's rewatchable every Christmas I try to rewatch that movie and uh, I'm just very sad that he's he's passed away and and he's left such a great legacy here so uh yeah, I just wanted to say that and you hope you know rest in peace uh James Kahn, and um yeah it's it's really sad. Um, anyways, on to happier things. I don't think a lot of things happened this past week. I think we're kind of gearing up for Comic-Con, which is exciting. Um, I think the only other big thing really is that Captain America four has a director and I forgot his name. Let me look it up quick. I believe it is, um, Yes, I, I, Julie, I thought it was Julian, but Julius Ona, or Anna, uh, it will be the director of Captain America 4, who directed uh, The Cloverfield Paradox, um, which I have heard nothing but bad things about, which is not a good thing. Um, but he also, and let me, uh, let me just make sure that this is true here, because um, I know he directed something else that was pretty good. Um, and I can't find it. Give me a second. Sorry, guys, I know this is really not what you guys signed up for Signed up for when you, uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh loose. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't particularly, you know, personally heard of the, the films before. I, I've heard of the Cloverfield Paradox and I've heard it's not very good, but, um, you know, Kevin Feige knows what he's doing usually. And yeah, uh, Julius Ona. I am looking forward to seeing what he has to give to the MCU. And other than that, guys, I mean, um... Not a ton of things, like, Madam Webb is filming. Uh, cool, I guess. Uh, She-Hulk and Andor are coming up. Uh, I did want to say, also, I'm not going to make this its own segment, but um, just before we get into the Umbrella Academy, uh, which is up first, I did finish seeing The Boys, Season 3. Um, and again, I don't think that my audience here is really... Uh, I don't know that, actually. I, I just don't know. So you'll have to let me know in the comments. I can. I will absolutely do a separate segment on next week's episode reviewing The Boys, Season 3, but... Um, if you're interested at all, please let me know because I just I don't. The show obviously is very graphic and very violent, and I try to keep my YouTube channel as as sort of you know all ages friendly as possible. Um, obviously, the certain the certain demographic usually in the you know late teens, early twenties is what I've been seeing on the channel, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, but I just you know just just in case, uh, again try to keep uh, keep everything as open as possible. So I, I will just say though. In light of, and this is the only thing I'll say about the Boys season three, I think it's the best season so far, um, by a lot, actually, by a lot. Um, I know a lot of people love one and two. I thought one and two were, were good, um, but I think three really leaned into a lot of the things that one did, one and two did really well, and and just just exploded. Um, did did just an amazing job. Um, all that to say, though, is that I you know in in light of these Disney Plus shows on the in the MCU and in Star Wars, it's 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 baffling to me that somebody from who's worked on a lot of netflix shows or or hbo shows or whatever you know um or amazon prime shows is not consulting with disney and kevin feige because this the six part thing is not working and it's it's astounding because i watch stranger things and i watch the boys and i watch the umbrella academy and i don't I didn't love every single moment of every one of those shows, even though I think all th- all three of those particular seasons of those series were among the strongest of those of those series. Um, they're not perfect by any means, not even Stranger Things 4, which I adore, um, but they are just leaps and bounds ahead of anything that the MCU has done on Disney And it's, it's disappointing, you know, it is disappointing. Um, when you see something like that. So again, I just, you know, we'll, we can we can make a separate video at some point talking about the problems of the MCU Disney Plus shows and, and why it's not working. And it, it's it's just, it's a problem. Uh, we'll talk about that with Miss Marvel, but first I want to talk about uh, the Umbrella Academy. But again, I uh, just wanted to say that I really enjoyed the season. And if you guys want to see more, hear more, uh, let me know in the comments down below. All right, let's talk about the Umbrella Academy. So uh, I actually did a review of the Umbrella Academy uh, season two during the pandemic, right around the sixth, no, actually just like a couple months into my YouTube channel. You can check that out way back then. I'm sure it's a terrible video. Uh, just kidding. I love all my videos, but I, anyways, um, you get the point. Um, and you know, the umbrella Academy was a show that was recommended to me by a friend, uh, who she really loved the show. And I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. It's, it's superheroes. It's sort of, it's based on a comic book and and I know some YouTubers really like the show. Um, so I gave it a shot. And I'll be honest, seasons one and two were not my favorite. I think that the character work in the show is pretty decent. I think that, you know, you grow attached to the characters and learn to like them and love them. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the story, though, to be quite honest with you. I think that the story is OK. It was fine. Um, and it had some intrigue and some mystery. But at the end of the day, it was just kind of it was it like, OK, yeah. You know, it was it was fun. It was intriguing. Um, so yeah, I you know, and 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 I said in my season two review, I believe all of those years ago, that uh, right back where we started, right? That's that's the title of episode one of season two, and that's the title of my um, um, review. The subtitle of my review, and and I say I say that because the story feels very circular in a very uh, self-aware way. Obviously, we keep going back to apocalypses and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, I'm not. A, Big fan of it. It like it feels like we're just resetting the same environment with with the same characters, and and so um, you know seasons one and two kind of felt very similar to me, just in different settings, obviously. But not a lot was revealed about the lore as much as I would like, at least. And and we'll talk about the lore in just a second. So this is your spoiler warning. Um, I I mean I'll, I'll cap off this sort of non spoiler introduction, and 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 if you're interested in the Umbrella Academy, I will say that if you enjoy. Uh, superheroes if you enjoy uh, uh, comic books and if you enjoy sort of dark humor and and it's not very gory it's not very violent it's not like the boys or anything like that but um, you know there it's it's darker obviously but it's also more darkly humorous um, so it's not like Logan it's not like that kind of dark Um, but if you enjoy these kinds of things I would recommend giving season one a try it's very interesting um, and I don't think it's a bad watch and uh, yeah hopefully you would enjoy seasons one enough to get to season three. And yeah, I, it's a recommendation for me. It's not my favorite show of all time, but it's it's fun. Uh, so yeah, that will end the non-spoiler part of this this review. But yeah, just I, I want to talk spoilers for those of you who have seen the show. Um, and yeah, let's talk about season three. So in terms of lore, right? One of the questions that I had been asking myself all of season three, which is ten episodes, which is great, by the way. Please, everyone, just be ten episodes if the story is is uh, appropriate for that. Um, but anyways, I you know. One of the questions that I had going into Season 3 was, look, we the biggest revelation to me in Season 2 is that Reginald Hardgraves is an alien, and I have not read the comic books at all. Let's be clear. I uh, I only had watched the show, and so having seen that episode in that hotel or whatever, the banquet or, or dinner area, where he takes off his face and he's an alien, that, to me, was the biggest question that needed to get answered. And it's, it's strange to me that the show took so long to get there, and, and it looks like from the end of Season 3 that Season 4 will deal with that more, as Reginald Hargraves becomes a true villain of the show as he is, he always has been lurking in the shadows as the villain but he I think he will be the true villain of season 4 uh which is exciting but um yeah I I thought like this revelation seems too big to just ignore and it took till about season uh, episode 8 I believe for him to kind of reveal that with with him quote unquote killing Luther and then and then him coming back obviously and then Allison cutting part of his face off and you get to see kind of the alien anatomy uh which is kind of terrifying i also want to say by the way if you, you guys have will already have noticed this if you've been watching the episode i apologize for bringing this up so late in the video uh so late in the podcast if you're watching this on on youtube but um i again i i just didn't have the opportunity to didn't have the time to prepare the slideshow beforehand so i'll just be throwing up some images uh throughout the uh the segment um just to give something uh new to look at uh, apologies again um yeah, and I hope I, I hope that I, I do find a, a good picture of Reginald Hargreeves cuz I mean I feel like this is the most interesting character of the show. Um and they haven't done a lot with him. They've done a lot more with him, but it still feels like a tease. You know, it's still it's like at the end of season 3, you have him kind of going, "Hey, I I have a bigger plan than you think," and it kind of manifests itself in him taking over uh the city in in season 4 in this new time or in season the end of season 3 into season 4 in this new timeline. Um but again, it, it it kind of leaves me wanting a little bit. So I, I'm, you know, every season of the Umbrella Academy has left me wanting a little bit more than I would have liked, uh, which is okay for the most part. You know, like shows can, you, you know, you're supposed to kind of build the intrigue and and, and do all that sort of stuff with, with your shows and cliffhangers and things like that. I, I get it. Um, but I think that the Umbrella Academy, for me at least, has, has not been as successful with uh, towing the line of um you know giving uh, teasing future things right in future episodes and future seasons and uh wrapping up your own season i think season three was the most successful again i think that season three was the best season out of out of all three seasons of the umbrella academy so far um but i d- i do think that it still left me wanting a little bit i i think that uh, steve blackman is that his name the uh, the creator of the series uh, the television series has said that season four is sort of his, his final one that he had planned. Um, and I'm hoping that we get a lot more conclusions and a lot more answers to our questions in season four. So uh, that's that's that about Hargraves, but original Hargraves. But let's talk about all the siblings. Um, you know, I think that the, uh, you know, with given the real life events that happened, I think that the transition from Vanya to Victor was handled very uh, well within the show. I, I, I fear that it would become a distraction. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of ways that it could have been messy, let's just say, um, in a lot of different ways, but I think that the way that sh- the show handled it was, was good, um, and so I have no complaints there. As for Victor's character, um, I, I was never the biggest fan of, of, of Victor and, and, um, his character, and, and, and when he was Vanya in the past two seasons. I, you know, I, um, I, I never liked the character all that much, and and to to have him kind of be the center of all these apocalyptic events was fine. But um, again, I kind of I didn't mind that Victor took a little bit of a backseat in this season, although very important, obviously, with with the things with Harlan, of course. Um, so yeah, I think I think Elliot Page did a did a fine job uh, with the role. Obviously, there were some emotional moments that I thought were, were done very well. Um, so that was good. Uh, one of my least favorite characters... We can talk about the Sparrows, actually, as a collective. I think that the Sparrows in general didn't come off very well to me. Uh, I don't I don't think that they were that... Um, I, I, I feel like a lot of them were meant to be more likable than they actually were. But a lot of them just came off as jerks. And uh, so I'm not even going to talk really about Alfonso or, or Christopher or, or Marcus or whatever. They, you know, very inconsequential characters, as it turns out, as they were killed... Uh, very early into the season. But, I mean, the couple of the main ones, obviously, were Ben and Sloan. And, look, it's been a while, right? I've only seen Umbrella Academy seasons one and two only once, and I don't really plan on seeing them again. I don't remember Ben being played by Justin H- Justin H Min, or Justin H. Min, or Justin Min, um, being that unlikable. And I know it's intentional that he's unlikable, but I just think that Justin, Justin's performance was not quite... Uh, it didn't really translate for me. And I think that that might be a subjective thing, but the way that he talks through gritted teeth the whole season, like, it, um... Not gritted teeth, but he's enunciating every syllable. And it, um... I don't know. It, it just didn't really work for me as a character. I, I found myself very... I didn't really want to see Ben a lot. And I think that Ben is a very three-dimensional character. And... Uh, was a little disappointing in that regard. I think Sloan was fine. I think Sloane was Gen- uh, Genesis Rodriguez, right? I believe that's her name. I think she was fine. Um, obviously she and Luther had a lot to do. We can talk about Tom Hopper. I think that, that Luther had a better arc in the season, obviously being you know a, a killed by uh, Reginald Hardgraves, but I, I think those two didn't have a lot to do in the show other than trying to unite the families together, which is important, obviously. Um, so I think that those two were fine. Um, I mean, just to kind of quickly go down the rest of them because I don't want to spend all day just listing off Umbrella Academy uh, siblings. Um, I think that five was fine as well. I think Aiden Gallagher always just gives the same kind of I don't care, but also I do care. Sarcasm and cynicism, um, which is which is good. It works well. Um, who else am I missing? Klaus, I think, actually had the most to do. I think Klaus was really interesting and sort of his arc with, with Reginald Hargraves and seeking his approval, I think Klaus ha- actually was was pretty good the show uh diego i i had also never really liked diego that much and i actually really didn't like lila in season two at all so while it was an improvement the way that those two characters were written in this season with diego trying to you know and lila being pregnant and all that sort of stuff uh still not a huge fan of those characters honestly um which is fine i don't have to be a big fan of every single character in every single show not like stranger things where i am a big fan of every single character um uh, so there's that. I, I didn't love them. I didn't love Stan either. I think that that subplot was kind of meandering and, and all that. Um, I, I'm saving Allison for last because I want to talk about Allison. I think Allison is really interesting. I think she is the only one that I missed. If I missed a sibling, I apologize. Um, That would be embarrassing. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so let's talk about Allison. I think Allison actually had the uh, craziest and, and I think most appropriate... Um, arc in this show and you know I, I think there's a lot to compare here with Wanda Maximoff and the MC right spoilers for Doctor Strange 2 um, kind of grief and the, the chance to have it back you know I think both actresses played them played that arc very well I think obviously comparing to WandaVision and Doctor Strange put together I think if Doctor Strange has been a TV show you would have gotten to see a lot more uh, of that manifesting uh, obviously Wanda's arc and you know, um, yeah, I mean, just like the the grief with the knowledge that you've done everything you can and you had to let it go, but there is still a chance to bring the back at the end. That's why Allison makes the deal with Reginald Hardgraves. Um, I think that that's a really smart way to, to take the character. I think that, you know, she, her making the villain turn, and I'm going to assume she's going to be the villain of season four, at least one of them, her and Reginald. I don't think it's a coincidence that she and Reg were, were colluding towards the end of season three. Um, so that's, uh, that's something to keep in mind as well. But I think that, uh, uh, that Emmy, uh, I, I forget her last name, but, but Emmy does a great job. The actress who plays Allison does a great job in just presenting this hurt and this, uh, not even guilt. It's not guilt. She doesn't have guilt for anything. It's more just like the the heel turn almost. Right. Um, I think she does a great job with that. So yeah, those are the characters. I think that the the show really hinges on the characters as for the storyline. Um, I think that, you know, there are only so many ways you can do a world-ending apocalypse, and that's fine. Um, I also think that I I think the 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 whole Hotel Obsidian thing or Oblivion Obsidian Oblivion thing um, I feel like the show was a little bit disoriented, and I think that it's it's interesting because watching each individual episode, I enjoyed each individual episode. I think that they're the the showrunners did a good job of. Of um, giving each individual episode its own arc and its own uh, narrative purpose, but then when you kind of look back and take a step back and watch the whole season, you kind of go, "It's it's really just about this Kugelblitz." And um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, then they go to the project uh, project Hotel Oblivion and they enter this portal, and then there's this monster, these these guardian monster guys who are terrifying because they're bugs and I don't know what they are, and ultimately it was a little disappointing. Um, all of the finale, obviously, I think the finale was great. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, the story of season three was not my favorite, but I think that a lot of the stuff that was done within the story was done really well. Like the stuff with Klaus and, and Reginald Hargraves. And I think that the, the last couple episodes in Hotel Oblivion was good. Um, I just think that how we got there was a little bit messy. I obviously... Uh, I, again, speaking of just sequences that I will I will treasure forever in my heart, um, like with Stranger Things with Eddie and his guitar solo, uh, a sequence that I have rewatched already numerous times is the Footloose sequence in episode one. How awesome is that sequence? If you're still listening and you haven't seen the Umbrella Academy for whatever reason, uh, it won't mean as much to you because you don't know the characters, but just go on YouTube and watch the Footloose sequence from season three. It is one of the best sequences of television I've seen in just ever it's it's so funny and it's so fun and jarring in a good way and just like with Eddie's guitar solo it just it it just I want to rewatch those sequences over and over and over and over again good music right good music and shows does a lot you know does a lot so yeah I mean I think season three was good um I I definitely enjoyed it I think the most out of all all the seasons thus far I think it at least had some sort of focus towards the end that we were getting somewhere although it kind of took a while to get there. And I think that season four is setting itself up to be probably the most focused out of the three, or the four seasons. Um, So I'm excited for season four. I'm excited to see uh, where the cast goes. Obviously um, they don't have superpowers anymore. That should be interesting. Um, And yeah, I think that, you know, the show is keeping me interested enough that I'm excited for another season. Although again, I won't be counting down the days just like I will be with Stranger Things 5 per se, Uh, but still, you know, it was a good show and I enjoyed watching it. It took me a while to get through it. Um, I don't think that was the show's fault. I think that was just Stranger Things and other things coming up. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I finished it. So there is that. All right, guys, another thing that wrapped up recently um, is Miss Marvel. So Miss Marvel is the latest Disney Plus show. It is the 36th MCU property. And I know a lot of you guys want to include Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter. I want to say for the record, whenever I do my rankings, and I will do another ranking at some point soon, I have a feeling that Kevin Feige will delineate very clearly when Phase 4 is ending at at Comic-Con. I hope so. I don't think it's Thor, Love, and Thunder. I also don't think it's She-Hulk. I I have a feeling it might be, um, maybe Fantastic Four. I think that's very appropriate, actually. Uh, that makes sense, right? You know, end Phase 4 with Fantastic Four. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so that, I think, will, um, be very fun. That's my prediction, by the way, guys, for those of you who are, who are listening to this segment, that, uh, Kevin Feige will announce the end of phase four and the beginning of phase five and maybe the end of phase five and uh, fantastic four will be the end of phase four that's just my prediction anyways it makes too much sense right anyways um but yeah Miss Marvel was was a show that I had not been looking forward to at all before the, the you know the trailer came out I saw I saw the trailer looked fun um and I I went into the show obviously as always with with optimism as I always do and I loved the first three episodes. I loved the coming of age story. I loved the exploration of a Muslim Pakistani family living in the United States in Jersey City, and the kind of like the racial undertones and and the social commentary that, um, not racial undertones. What do I mean by that? Like sort of the commentary on race relations and 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 politics in the United States today. I think that that was done very cleverly in the midst of a high school coming of age, uh, story uh, with a charming charming young lead in Amon Villani. What a wonderful performance she, she has given thus far in the series. Um, I love the stylistic choices of the text bubbles and the graffiti on the walls and and just her discovering who she really is and the family dynamics with uh, Muniba. Is that, is that the mother's name? Um, and uh, Yusuf, I believe, is the father's name. Uh, let me look that up. I, I want to make sure I get that right. I, I believe I misspoke uh, the other day. And, um... Miss Marvel cast. I, I just want to make sure I get these names right because I, I am not Pakistani. I'm not, so I just want to make sure. Um, there's Bruno. Uh, there's Kareem and Kamran. That's always confused me. Yeah, Muniba um, and Yusuf. Yeah, I mean those two actors. And also um, again, I don't want to mess this up. Amir. Yeah, Amir the brother's name. Um, I love the brother as well. I love uh, his wife. I I just I think that the show cast all these characters so impeccably well. Um, and I thought the first three episodes were just fantastic. Now the clandestines, you know, they weren't my favorite in episodes one, two, and three. Um, uh, but I didn't think they detracted that much from the show. In fact, I even think that, that, uh, Najma, the, uh, the mother of, uh, this is Kamran, Yes, Kamran, um, was, was good in episode three, but again, she kind of turned into a villain, but I thought, you know, it's fine. Like episode three, it, the ending was, was fine. Like with the, the fight in the, uh, the wedding banquet hall, the wedding scene, by the way, is awesome it's just awesome, you know? Okay. So then we get into episode four, and we get into episode five. And now looking back at the show as a six-part six, six part series, it's it's very clear to me now, like I said in the last episode, my last uh, Miss Marvel review, episode five um, and episode four, I, I don't dislike them because of the elements of going to Pakistan. Like I said, it's the combination of going to Pakistan, which I loved. I loved exploring the culture of Pakistan and and, and really seeing another side of the MCU and, and another side of the world, quite frankly. Um, but, like I said, it felt very jarring within this show because the show had been very grounded. It had been very, you know, uh, high school focused, high school centric. And it now looking back, I can I can very confidently say that those two episodes feel like two episodes of season two, maybe where, where Kamala goes to Pakistan and, and has another threat to face. So... That was disappointing to me because those two episodes felt crazy rushed. Um, for any of you who think I, you know, I, I'm not going to blame you if you like those episodes at all. Again, uh, everything, you know, all these episodes, it, it hits you in a different way and that's fine. So if you like these two episodes, you know, I'm not trying to, to discredit that at all, but I'm saying that they didn't work for me. And part of the reason was because you introduced all these new characters into the show, um, like 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 uh, Kareem and, and um, his mentor, I forget his name um, w- Waleed, I'm gonna mispronounce it, I'm gonna forget it, so I just want to make sure, um, again, I don't want to be disrespectful, I want to, uh, honor, uh, the cast, yeah, Waleed, Waleed, so, again, I, I, I apologize, I am, uh, I'm <laughs> doing my best, but, um, yeah, anyways, um, uh, apologies if I've, if I've inadvertently offended anybody with my mispronunciations, I, I do sincerely apologize for that, um, anyways, yeah, so I, you know, those characters were introduced so rapidly and so they were so rushed that it was really hard to care about them, you know, and I, I do appreciate the the backstory with Aisha and the Bengal and stuff like that. Um, it just felt like a different show. And not not a good one, in my opinion, not at least in the context of, of the first three episodes that we had been given, you know, so there's that, um, and then we get into episode 6, and also, by the way, in episode 5, the clandestines, who had been the villains of, of season 1, disintegrated, for no reason, because, I mean, for all this talk about the Noor dimension kind of trying to overtake America, or, or the world, or whatever, you know, spoilers ahead for season, episode 6, none of that happened, um, and So as I went into episode six, I was like, okay, you know, what are we going to get here? Uh, here's what I'll say about episode six. The parts of episode six that tie back into episodes four and five don't work still. They still don't work. Um, I'm sorry to whoever plays the, the the character of Comran. I don't think it's his fault. I think that Comran is just so poorly written along with the rest of the clandestines that it just, it doesn't work. It um, It feels rushed. It feels out of nowhere. Um, and also Kamaran was going to implode with the energy or whatever, like halfway through the episode, episode six, and then he sees fine at the end and he meets Kareem. Two characters I do not care about at all in the slightest at all, which is disappointing to me that they, they, they're going to choose to focus on that. And also just seeping ahead to the resolution of the episode. I mean, like Miss Marvel Kamala is like, Hey, let's you know, go to the docks, go to the Harbor. You know, someone will meet you there. And that's it. Like we don't see him going to the Harbor. We just kind of see him disappear. And that's the end of the episode. That's that's effectively the resolution of the episode. So again, all the stuff from episodes four and five don't work at all. Everything else that ties back to episodes one, two, and three work tremendously. The finale in itself as a standalone episode and as an episode that ties back to episodes one, two, and three is awesome. It is an awesome episode. I, I wrote this in my community page uh, shortly after I, I watched the episode. I said that this is a great finale for a different show than what we've been given in episodes four and five. Um, there is a great show of episodes one, two, and three, and then a separate, a different you know, version of episodes four, five, six, maybe even seven, like four extra episodes sandwiched in between the finale and episode three that make this the best Disney Plus show that Marvel has done. Better than WandaVision. Unfortunately, instead of that, we got episodes four and five, and then we got a finale that felt kinda rushed because it didn't really tie up everything together that it had promised to you know it had been promising to tie up. Um which is a bummer, right? It's it's a bummer because this this show, while it is my second favorite Disney Plus MCU show, I think pretty pretty squarely over Moon Knight right now. Um it still is not great. I, it needed two more episodes, I think. Like I needed an episode four in between the actual episode three and four, and I needed an episode six in between the actual episode five and six, I think. You know, it just needed a couple more episodes. Um, but that being said, like I said, this episode in itself is awesome. And I don't think it's any surprise that it, it, it is because it's stuck to the, the style and the tone of episodes one, two, and three. You get a lot of the stylistic, uh, imagery again with, with the, you know, the planning on the, on the chalkboard. Um, you get Bruno back and Nakia back. And I love those two characters. They were great. They were great in the series. And, and you felt their absence in episodes four and five, which is disappointing. But again, they're here. And I, I really, I just had a great time with the finale. I, I love the line, um, you know, I think that it's interesting that Damage Control is the villain of this series, which I think they could have been the villain from the beginning. Honestly, you didn't need the clandestines in the series. Honestly, that's my problem with Miss Marvel. I, I just realized now. Just take out the entire clandestine part of this, this show, make it its own season, season two, uh, after the Marvels or whatever, and just have it be Damage Control. Have it be Damage Control trying to find this, you know, enhanced individual, and she's trying to figure out her powers. That's really what I think the show should have been. Alas, anyways, um, you get that agent uh, Deaver um, again, who you know is 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 uh, appropriately annoying and infuriating, which is which is what the character is supposed to be. Um, agent Cleary, it seems like, is a little bit more level-headed. Uh, the guy from Spider-Man: No Way Home, although he is still kind of a jerk, but you know a little bit more level-headed. Um, but yeah, you get this whole awesome, fun montage action scene um, in in the high school. Zoe is back for no reason, I think i was a little surprised by that but again like i i think the humor of the show kind of returns to where it had been before i laughed a few times throughout the episode i love the line where um kamala is trying to reveal um to her parents that she is miss marvel and 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 muniba the mom is like no i already told them and i thought that was so funny that was so well done i love the line where uh they go to the 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 damage control goes to the mosque and the guys like you know he 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 says this really profound profound quote or whatever and uh you know the agent uh is kind of like brushing it aside in a very dismissive and you know frankly not a great way and the guy's like actually that was Abraham Lincoln and <laughs> I thought that was so funny I I don't know that was like the funniest li- line to me in the entire episode uh also Bruno dancing uh didn't know I needed that in my life but I guess I do because that was hilarious and I thought that was so funny um Again, everything just with Kamran and and Kamala, I didn't buy, you know, I didn't buy the emotional sort of part in in the little uh, energy dome or whatever. And uh, to be quite honest, one of the other complaints I have about the finale is that the CGI looks not great in certain parts. Um, I don't think our powers look really good yet. I don't think, I hope they're better in the Marvels with a bigger budget, maybe and more time, because I don't think the CGI for her powers looks all that good. It looks very 3D cartoonish, in my opinion. Maybe that's just me. Um, So I'm hoping that they figure that out. But yeah, I mean, I love the action. I love the the sort of conflict. I love how accepting her parents are of her now. Um, I love that as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, the episode kind of wraps up with her kind of flying, uh, uh, jumping away and and the city of Jersey City. It's kind of that Spider-Man, you know, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, the city of New York protecting Peter Parker kind of moment. And it's great. Um, and so we get the wrap of the episode. I'll, I'll talk about the two really big revelations, uh, obviously. Um, one being at the end of this episode and one being in the post credit scene, mid credit scene. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to talk about, the other two things I wanted to talk about was um, going into this series, right? One of the things that's been clear to me from phase 4 of the MCU, and I think it's undeniable, is that the MCU is now trending more towards the comic books. Um at least visually and 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 more story-wise as well, I think. Um if you haven't noticed, and I think you, you know, it's it's worth pointing out, every single MCU show, uh even some of the movies, I think ha- I think but more so the shows, I think the shows really have have really really delved into comic accurate looks for the characters you've seen hints of it with vision and wanda and their classic halloween costumes and even wanda's actual costume is is pretty close to that uh it's much closer at least than it used to be um uh, uh falcon and lunar soldier obviously captain america sam wilson it's it's much brighter it's much it's much more white uh it's it's you know it's yeah it's brighter it's much closer to the the captain america costume in the comics um loki uh you have the uh the uh what is it? Classic Loki, Richard E. Grant, uh, obviously. Um, what else is there? Moon Knight, obviously, great costume. Uh, Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, and, and Hawkeye wearing the purple as well, much closer to the comics, obviously. And so I had seen set photos of Miss Marvel before seeing the show, and I had seen, you know, the costume, and obviously the costume was in the trailers, right? And I, I go, this is kind of absurd. Like, there are there is believability in you know, the Sam Wilson kind of brightly colored Avengers costume that I go, "Eh, it's not great. I would prefer a much, much more sleeker armor based suit. Like even the one that John Walker was wearing, I think was much better, but okay. But I saw the pictures of Kamala Khan in her comics accurate costume. And I go, I know this is a part of the character, but it just doesn't look like it's going to translate well onto the screen. What I will say about that is that there are moments in the show where I, I look at the costume and go, this is very clearly it looks like cosplay but then the show does a really good job of explaining why that is that that each different part of the costume is sort of given to her um and and it is sort of cosplay in a sense and and i love how the mother gives her the the costume at the end i that part to me is just amazing i love that and so it kind of makes me go okay you know what like I, I don't think it looks it translates super well. It's very you know, it's it's bright, it's comic booky, right? With a scarf and but you know what? I can buy it. I can buy it. The other thing that I was a little hesitant about, and it shows serves me right, is the name. How do you come up with the name Miss Marvel organically? Um I don't know. I, frankly, I don't even know how they came up with Captain Marvel. I don't think that was mentioned in the movie. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think they just start calling her Captain Marvel at some point. I don't know when or where that is, but anyways. And I thought, okay, well, like you have Moon Knight, which makes some sense. Hawkeye, you know, whatever. Captain America. Miss Marvel was was always a little bit of a stretch. And She-Hulk is also a little bit of a stretch to me. I know that that's supposed to be satirical and, and spoof and parody and whatever um but I was like how are you gonna get to the conclusion of Miss Marvel as the name and they sold me the conversation that Kamala has with her dad is one of the again it is emblematic of the best parts of this show it is beautiful it is heartfelt I love I don't know if this is I'm sure it's true obviously it's in the show that Kamala means Marvel in Urdu I believe I just, I, I love that conversation that, that that he has with her. And he says, you've always been our Miss Marvel. And I, I go, I'm sold. I'm sold. That's it. That's, you know, it, it goes to show you how a well-written show can really pull almost anything off, you know? Um, so I really was a big fan of that. Um, and obviously, let's get to the two big reveals of the show. And this, the first one left me gasping because I thought, oh, maybe... So when Bruno started talking at the end of this the show, obviously, I thought, um... I thought he was going to say, you're an inhuman, like there's something inhuman about you. And I was like, yeah, 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 like tie into, you know, her comic book origins or whatever, and maybe bring in the inhumans or whatever. And then he says, like a mutation and the X-Men 97 theme starts playing and I got chills. I got chills. My mouth was open. I was silently screaming in my room when I saw that. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. Kamala Khan is a mutant. Kamala Khan is the first identified mutant in the MCU. That is crazy. Um, I have no attachment to the comic books, so I'm sorry if that upsets you that she's not inhuman. She didn't get it from the Terrigen Mist or whatever. Sorry, but I don't really care because she's a mutant. That's crazy. Like you will, you will probably see her after the Marvels in an X-Men, some, something X-Men related. That's so exciting. Um, for the first time, really since, um, I don't know, actually, since, uh, it's it's actually been a while since I've really been excited for the future of the MCU, like I have been with this show. Because, like, look, Moon Knight, very self-contained. Thor Love and Thunder we'll talk about in just a second, very self-contained. Doctor Strange, surprisingly very Um, self-contained. Spider-Man No Way Home, pretty exciting, but also just teasing Doctor Strange, which it didn't really tie into at all. Um, Eternals, kind of weird, what they were setting up. Hawkeye, kind of strange, what they were setting up. Um, you know, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, actually, I was very excited for the future because, you know, you tease that the Ten Rings have this crazy technology and, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I you know, Shang-Chi and Miss Marvel have really gotten me excited for the future of the MCU thus far. And I don't think it's any surprise that it's dealing with the same cir- circle of characters, right? With with Bruce Banner and with Carol Danvers and uh, sort of the pseudo-Avengers, whatever they are right now. Um... I think that part of the MCU I'm really excited for, um, going forward. But yeah, I, you know, when they said mutant, I was like, oh, this is crazy. Now whether or not, you know, because, because again, it begs the question, there must have been mutants all around, right? Like the whole time, what, where has Professor X been this whole time? Where has Magneto been this whole time? I'm sure that they will explain that in the future but I'm just so excited and so happy that Kamala Khan gets to be the first identified mutant in the MCU. That is just, that is so awesome. I, I'm so happy about that. Um, and then let's talk about the post credit scene really quick before we jump into Thor 11 Thunder. I, uh, this episode might be a little bit longer. Apologies for that, but I uh, wanted, to, wanted to get through everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, Carol Danvers shows up. She, so, so Kamala gets this signal from the Bengal and then she kind of like warps into something and, and Carol Danvers shows up and, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That was pretty confusing, but it was good to see Carol again. I can't say that. I've said that about a lot of things, but I think that both times she showed up in the post credit scenes of uh, Shang-Chi and Miss Marvel, I think I've been actually more excited to see her post-Endgame, because I think Endgame really did a disservice to her character. She was not good in the, in that movie. One of the things I really don't like about Endgame is Carol Danvers, but uh, I'm excited now. You know, Miss Marvel re- will return in the Marvels, and I... I'm gonna be honest i hadn't been looking forward to the marvels i said this in my community post but uh i love kamala khan i think that brie larson is really coming into her own as carol danvers just like how chris hemsworth it took a few movies to get into his own come into his own as thor i think that tayana uh paris has has the ability to be you know to do really well as monica rambo and nick fury will be back and i'm sure ben mendelsohn will be that ba- will be back and i am just so excited to see what happens and uh, that's so excited I'm, I'm more excited to see what happens in the marvel so yeah as a whole, Miss Marvel I think had four awesome episodes and two pretty poor episodes. Um and um yeah, it will not rank in the top 10 of the MCU it could have. It very well could have topped one division in a different universe, but um it will rank towards the upper echelon I think, towards the upper half, and I'm very happy about that, you know. I uh, hadn't expected much, but this is my favorite second favorite MCU Disney Plus show. Super happy about that. And with that, let's talk about the other MCU property that came out just recently, Thor, Love, and Thunder. So this will be a full spoiler review and discussion. I will be taking questions that I got from the community page. If you guys have questions um, for upcoming MCU projects like with She-Hulk and with uh, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and if I will be taking questions, I will be posting that on the community page. Uh, So check back there and your question will be featured on the podcast. Your name will be shouted out. Um and all that sort of stuff. So make sure to check back there. But this will be a full spoiler review and discussion. I'll be talking about a lot of th- different things about the movie and uh answering your guys' questions as well. So, Thor Love and Thunder. Spoilers ahead, you've been warned. I am. Um, I'll start I'll start out by saying this. I love Ragnarok. Ragnarok is a top 10 MCU movie for me. I love Ragnarok. It is funny, it is not as I I, I don't think the serious moments hit as much as they do for other people when Asgard is destroyed or when Thor loses Odin, I don't think Odin's death really is, I don't think it has the same dramatic weight as I think it, it was meant to. Um, but I love Thor, Thor Ragnarok. I love Jojo Rabbit, one of my favorite movies of that year that it came out, Taika Waititi directing and playing uh, Hitler, of all people, in that film. I think he did a really great job in that, ironically, um, in a spoofy parody way of, of Hitler. And uh, yeah, I, I think Taika Waititi is great. He did a great episode of The Mandalorian as well, um, so I'm super excited about about his Star Wars movie. Um, Thor Love and Thunder. The, the trailers for Thor Love and Thunder have looked awesome, funny, um, and and endearing, maybe even and scary with Gore the God Butcher, Christian Bale's Gore the God Butcher. And so, I mean, I had no, um, I had every expectation that that while I didn't need Thor Love and Thunder to replicate Thor Ragnarok, I thought it could be to the same level, potentially. It turns out, in my opinion, and this is just my view, so if you love the movie, if you hated the movie, I'm just here to tell you my view. In my in my view, uh, Thor Love and Thunder didn't come close to Ragnarok, and that's okay. It didn't need to. Um, however, I think it is also fair to say that Thor Love and Thunder to me is a disappointing movie and not just disappointing because it didn't live up to uh, Thor Ragnarok, but because I think it itself, in its truest form, in its best form, based on the story that they gave, could have been a lot better. And I'll talk about why. Because ultimately, ultimately, at the at the end of the day, Thor: Love and Thunder kind of sits now in the middle towards the bottom, like like the sort of if 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 fifty percent is the middle, maybe towards like the 40 percent of the MCU, uh, not way down at the bottom, obviously, but you know, like hovering middle to lower middle, um, of the MCU. And, and I'll tell you a couple reasons why. First of all, at least for me, and I'll, I'll talk about the negatives first and then I'll talk about all the things that I really liked about the movie. Um, and then we'll take your questions and then we'll be out of here. But, um, to start off with the negatives, I, I didn't think the movie was nearly as funny as Thor Ragnarok. And I'm not sure why that is. Comedy is comedy. So I'm just going to say this out, you know, up front because, this is probably easily the most subjective part of this entire review. I, comedy is just so inherently subjective. Um, I was just a little surprised because I love the humor in Ragnarok and I didn't I didn't laugh as much as I did in Ragnarok as in, as in Love and Thunder. Sorry, did I say that wrong? I didn't laugh as much in Love and Thunder as I did in Ragnarok. Um, I think that it, it's interesting because, there are there are a lot of similar kinds of jokes that are made in Thor Thor Love and Thunder as they are in Ragnarok. Um, but I think also that it dives a lot deeper into just the sillier slapstick comedy. Sorry guys if you can hear things moving around, I just have to plug something in. Um but anyways, it, it dives a lot deeper into just this silly, goofy aspect of the character. And for those you know, for all the people saying Thor is really dumb in this movie, um, I don't think he's as dumb as the trailers make him look out to be. Uh, I think he's just, he's funny and he's, he's, he's not, it's not as serious as he used to be. Um, but again, I, you know, I think that it's, it's a natural progression for the character to me that I buy that, but I, for whatever reason, the humor for the most part didn't really work for me. Um, which is unfortunate. I don't know why. And the humor is a big part of the movie, obviously. Uh, I think the funniest part of the movie is the screaming goats. I love the goats. They're so funny. So funny to me. Um, and, uh, the whole Stormbreaker Mjolnir thing, uh, being jealous of each other minus the him pouring beer on the Stormbreaker, uh, that part didn't quite work well for me, but you know, whatever, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, I don't know. I just, I didn't find a lot of the movie as funny. I, I chuckled. Let's just say I chuckled in this movie more than I laughed. So that's I mean that's one thing up front to note like I I didn't find the movie as funny and, and therefore I probably you know that's probably why A, I, you know, right off the bat I didn't like it as much as Sora Ragnarok. Um but to me this movie also had a balancing problem. And I said this immediately after I came out of the movie, and I still maintain this to this day. I've only seen this once, seen it once, I've seen it about a week ago. This movie should have been longer. And not just arbitrarily longer. But I think that this movie needed specific aspects that it was missing to be inserted in. And it could have done with an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes of runtime. Here is specifically what I think this movie needed. This movie needed, I think, Jane to reveal to Thor that she had cancer right from the beginning. I think that having that emotional dread and weight throughout the movie allows you to still crack the jokes and whatever at at, at Omnipotent City or whatever but it it carries that weight from the beginning until the end right and I think that having it the way that it is now it kind of is just like Jane is like I have cancer and Thor's like oh and he turns serious for a second and then it's like I as, as sad as this makes me I didn't feel anything when Jane died I know a lot of people did but it was because I felt something missing. I loved. I guess I'm just interweaving things I liked and didn't like. I that's what I meant, what I'm doing, I guess. Um I loved the backstory and the flashbacks with Thor and Jane. I loved that. I loved that they, the Taika fleshed out their character in their romance. It felt so much more real. It's so much more uh true to life, you know, as a real relationship and a breakup. I loved that part of this the the, the movie. I have no complaints about that. And I think that I just would have felt a lot more if, um, you know, if, it just if, if Jane had told Thor that she had cancer earlier on, because I think that there are really serious parts of the movie that, that I think just needed to be balanced in, in there a little bit more earlier on. So there's, there's that thing. I needed more of gore. I've always said, right, there's a difference between a good performance and a good character. When you get both, it is rare. Um, it is, it is welcome especially in the MCU and especially in the MCU villains, uh, catalog, but it is rare, but it is welcome. And you get things like Killmonger, you know, you get Thanos, you get Vulture, good characters, good performances. Christian Bale is Christian Bale. He's awesome. He gave a great performance. I still think this character, while better than most of the other Thor villains, which isn't saying a lot, in my opinion, I needed to see more. And I've always said this about, about the Thor villains. I think that Hela... A lot of people think Hell is a great villain. I disagree. I think Hell is a pretty poor to average villain. And the only reason that it's saved is because Cate Blanchett is giving the performance of her life, not the performance of her life, she's given other awesome performances, but a great performance in that film. I say the same thing about Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull. It's a, He's a Nazi. That's that's fine. You know, good villain. Um, that's fine doesn't mean that it's fine that he's a Nazi. It's fine that, you know, like, he, it's fine that he gave, he was he gave a good performance as the Nazi character, Johan Schmidt, but the character is not, not a good character. It's just, it's just a flat villain, right? And I think that if you had seen another scene of Christian Bale murdering gods, but also in that scene, feeling that remorse for his daughter, because we'll talk about the daughter thing at the end, the love thing at the end. I think that's cute. I think it's fine. I think it's it's cool that Thor and his daughter are going to be a team. Now, I have a lot of questions. Uh, we can get to that in a little bit. But anyways. But I would have felt a lot more when she came back. If we had seen another scene with him. With Gore. Just grieving the loss of his daughter. And feeling that emotionally. I have no problems with the end of the film in itself. I just don't feel like it, it was earned. If that makes sense. The, the whole uh, wishing to eternity uh, portion of the film, uh, where Thor is grieving Jane's death and all that sort of stuff. So there's that. Now with Thor's daughter, I, I just, I have a lot of questions about the character. Obviously it's cute that it was Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth's daughter. And, and, you know, they had, they had great chemistry, obviously that was cute and all that sort of stuff. Obviously I just have like, w- why does she have superpowers all of a sudden? And like, w- why and what and, and how, and I think that character Kind of being inserted at the end of the film I love the the callback to love and thunder I think that that that's great I does she have a name I don't know but I just I needed a little bit more explanation into her character at the end I think that's all so again like I said the film had the bare bones not the bare bones a lot of the like like 70% to be that Thor Ragnarok level film and I hate to keep comparing it to Thor Ragnarok that's not what I what I wanted want to do here but Um, it's just that I think the film needed 20 more minutes of interspersed scenes at very specific points that I, I, you know, if I had seen this cut of the film and, and we had, we still had the time and the money to do, to do reshoots, which I don't think that was possible at that point, but let's just say, let's just say I was Kevin Feige and I saw this cut and we still had the actors lined up to do reshoots. I would have suggested all of those things to them, to, to Taika to do. And I think it would have made it a much better film. Let's talk about all the things I did like. Thor. Love Thor. I think Thor is great, as always. I think Chris Hemsworth, I I think he will be an Avenger for a long time to come. And I think that was that was fun. He he, he did a great job, as always, with the serious moments and with the funny moments, as he always does. Natalie Portman is Jane. And, and like I said, their relationship, Thor and Jane, best it's ever been. Best it's ever been, by far. I think she did a great job. She's an Oscar... Winning Academy Award-nominated actress. She's, she's brilliant. I think winning Oscar uh, Academy Award-winning actress. She is awesome as Jane. I think that her transition into The Mighty Thor was a little quick, and I think some of the lines were a little cheesy, intentionally so, but still kind of iffy there. But, um, you know, like, like the scene where they're kind of planning what to do, and she's like, well, let's bring the rainbow, and they make a joke out of it, but it still kind of came off a little flat and whatever. That's fine. Doesn't matter. Not a big deal. Um... Valkyrie's great, as always. Korg is is fun, as always. I I think Zeus is so funny. Um, So I loved Zeus in this film. Um, I think that, you know, for what it's worth, um, I know a lot of people, you know, won't won't love Zeus in this film, but I think that he was great. Um, But yeah, I think that most of the characters were really well done. Obviously, the goats were awesome. Um, The visuals, the scene at the Shadow Realm, So cool. One of the most visually stunning scenes. I'm going to rewatch that over and over again, I'm sure, when it comes out. One of the most visually stunning scenes in an MCU film. Loved it. Loved it. Um, The Guardians themselves were fine, I think. They were fun. That's another thing. If if you didn't want the film to be longer, though, I actually think the Guardians of the Galaxy should have been cut out entirely from the film. Uh, That might be unpopular they serve no purpose in the film honestly i think the guardians should have been cut out entirely from the film so that's just that's just my thought on that um in terms of balancing but i think they themselves were fun they were fine um what else is there what else is there i think that the stuff with the kids is okay it could have been a lot worse i will say so I'm glad that it wasn't, it didn't delve into just spoofy territory, although it got pretty close when Thor imbued them all with the, with the Zeus lightning bolt, thunder, whatever he did. Um, so there's that. And aside from that, like, it's a very self-contained film. The post credit scenes have nothing to do with the MCU. It's really Thor 5 with Hercules, which I haven't seen Ted Lasso. I know I need to see Ted Lasso, but, uh, Brett Goldstein, I'm sure he'll do a great job as, uh, Hercules, and that'll be fun. Thor 5, Hercules versus Thor, I'm sure. And, uh. For me, the end credits scene is an indication with with Jane and Valhalla and Heimdall that that she's coming back, which is disappointing to me. Uh, I'm not trying to be sadistic, you know, but I think that Jane's death was very appropriate for the film and it should have been, it should have stayed that way if if Natalie Portman truly wanted to um, be done with the film, the franchise. Um, Like if she wanted to come back, you shouldn't have killed her off. I, I don't know. It feels a little cheap to me. Um... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really the film, you know, there's not a lot to it. And I think that just the fact that it wasn't as funny, and I think I had pretty significant problems with the pacing and, and the way that the film was constructed, make it a pretty decent MCU film, though, not great. It's good. It's not great. And there are a lot of MCU films like that, which is, you know, a little disappointing. I think that I do think that I like Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness a little bit more at this point in time. Um, We'll see though we'll see where the ranking goes um so with that i'm going to be taking uh, some of your guys' questions thank you to the two of you uh, who submitted the questions i will pull them up right now let's see where they are and where are they where are they where are they i have them up somewhere they're there they okay so again if you guys want to submit questions just keep an eye out on the community tab um And I'll be, uh, yeah, I'm always posting polls and questions out there. So if you guys ever want to, you know, do something there, uh, respond, interact, uh, I'm always out there. And yeah, so let's take a look here, shall we? Uh, Okay. First question from fellow YouTuber and good friend of the channel, SuperWise. Are you excited for Thor's future past love and thunder? Uh, I personally am. Sorry, I just got to get closer to my 3 Uh, got got to get closer to the mic to read the question so if it's a little louder i apologize anyways i personally am thor being a father and raising a child a new arc uh, for the character cannot wait for that dynamic Uh, thank you so much Superwise, as always for submitting a great question um am i excited for thor i this might be unpopular i'm not going to say no but i don't think i want to see another thor film for a long time i think the next time he shows up I, I agree. Him being a father is a new way to take the character, and I think that that's good. I think that'll be fun. I really do think that'll that be fun. Whether or not it's, it's India Hemsworth, uh, his daughter, playing the character, who, I mean, I'm sure she was adorable, but I'm sure that they're going to recast the, char- the character and bring in uh, probably a more experienced uh, young actress to play the role, as they did with um, Cassie Lang. Um, too much chagrin, I would add, by the MCU fans. But anyways, Um, that, well, that, that's a different scenario though. That's because we, we already got an an older Cassie Lang in in, in Endgame, um, and recast her. But like, I don't think anyone, you know, like, because, um, they needed an older stature version of, of Cassie Lang, um, from the younger version, they, they brought in Catherine Newton. Um, I'm sure that they'll do the same thing here if they're really doing Young Avengers. But, uh, anyways, am I excited for Thor post Love and Thunder? I'm, I'm going to say that I love Thor as a character. I love Chris Hemsworth. And I think that I'll I'll be ready to see him again in a Thor adventure at some point. But for now, I think that I'd just rather have him be in team of movies for the time being. I think that we I've gotten my fill of Thor. I think that the best Thor has ever been was Infinity War and and not Endgame, just Infinity War. I love Infinity War Thor. The emotional, brutal parts of Thor, but also the comedy and the jokes. I love that. So I think, yeah, I, I'll be excited to see a Thor versus Hercules movie if that ever happens, but um, I I just don't know. You know, I just don't know. Um, I think that excitement is perhaps not the right word, but I, I'm satisfied, more than satisfied with, with Thor's arc in this film and where he will be going in the future. I think Chris Hemsworth will play Thor for a long, 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 long time. Um, yeah, so there's that. Thank you, Superwise, again, and the next four questions thank you for submitting all these questions is from chill dude one two and three sorry one two and 3. 1, two, and one two three and uh yeah uh first question from chill dude one two three do you think thor's character has regressed um let's see to acting more like immature thor um uh, we uh sorry the question keeps moving around uh we came to over he came to overcome in his first solo movie um i i don't think so i think that there is a regression of the character of Thor from Infinity War onwards, but not to the point that it's the immature Thor from Thor 1. No, I think that the idea of Thor having a midlife crisis is funny, and I think it's appropriate. So I don't think it's a regression in that way. Like like you being immature as a child versus you being immature in a midlife crisis are two different things, although they can have overlap. So I don't see it as a regression in that sense. I just see it more as a regression of I like the Infinity War Thor more, um, and I, I just don't think they've been able to recapture that sense. So that's what I think about that. Uh, next question he thinks, uh, sorry, from chill dude, one, two, three is, uh, where do you generally rank this movie in phase four? That's a good question. In phase four alone. Um, to be honest with you, phase four has not been the strongest for me. I think that there have been individual projects that have been really, really good. Uh, WandaVision, Loki, not Loki. Sorry. I didn't like Loki. Scratch that. I don't know why I said Loki. WandaVision. Um, Eternals, Shang Chi, Miss Marvel, really strong projects, and and a lot of those projects are floating in the upper end. And then you have a lot of projects floating in the in the lower end. What if Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, Loki, um, and then you have a few kind of just in the middle. Doctor Strange Two and Hawkeye, and I think Thor: Love and Thunder kind of fits in that that range. Thor: Love and Thunder kind of fits in that Doctor Strange Two and Hawkeye realm. Um, you know, it was, it was, they're, they're good. They're good. They're fun. Um, but not transcending to the, I I love Eternals by the way. So not transcending to the, that kind of level of Eternal Shang-Chi and and WandaVision, if that makes sense. Good question though. Uh, number three from chilldude123, did you like Jane as the Mighty Thor? Yes, I did. Uh, I think that if there was room for the character to grow, I would have liked to see more. I was more than happy to see her arc finished in this film. I'm a little bummed that they faked her death out again, just as quickly in the post-credit scene. So you know, there's that. But as was I a fan? Absolutely. I think Natalie Portman was the best that she had ever been in any of the Thor films. I, I, I really liked her uh, in this film. And the final question from Chill Dude One Two and Three: Were the Guardians of the Galaxy underused, or is it good they didn't overstay their welcome? And I've ad- I've addressed this question already. It's a good question. I think they shouldn't have been in this film at all. I don't think that anything that they did in particular made them overstay their welcome. But I also think that they were not necessary to the story in the slightest. I think that, um, I I just I think that it's it's important to know when setup is set up within a movie and when it's just set up for another film. And I get it that he was with the Guardians after Thor, um, um, not Thor, uh, Avengers in, in Endgame, but I think that. It would have sufficed just to have them in a montage of Thor training and all that sort of stuff. Even just Thor lifting the Benatar was an implication that they, he was with the Guardians. I don't think they needed to be in this film at all. I don't. Um, I'm not disappointed that they were, I think they were fine. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think they needed to be in this film at all. So there's that. All right, guys, and that will do it with, uh, for Thor Love and Thunder. I thought the film was fine. I thought it was enjoyable. I'll probably rewatch it again when it comes out on Disney+, and that'll be that, probably for a while. So, that is it for Thor Love and Thunder. Leave your thoughts in the comments down below, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that as well. And with that, guys, we have reached the end of another Access Blockbusters pod. It has gone a little bit over an hour, I apologize for that, but uh, again, it's just, it's fun to talk about these things with you guys. And I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts in the comments down below. So, if you guys have any thoughts, if you guys are disagreeing with me or agreeing with me let me know in the comments down below i'd love to hear your guys's thoughts and yeah uh next week will be probably a little bit uh quieter maybe i'll do a q a maybe i'll just make it a shorter episode we'll see uh comic-con and then it'll be a much bigger episode obviously i'll try to cover everything from comic-con and uh yeah that'll do it for me from the access blockbuster youtube channel and uh, thank you guys so much for listening thank you guys so much for watching and i will see you guys in the next one